Podcast emergency episode. We don't know if we're gonna call episode it episode emergency. 15. Yeah, this is episode emergency. Jeepers! Rent rules are flying off the charts. Yeah, things are changing. People are going nuts. The streets is it's buzzing. The streets are fire this time with landlords. They didn't go out and protest though, unfortunately. No, we got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> I'm fired up. <laughs> it's too early. It's too early. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah, Master Keys, you're here with Neil. Chandler, yep. we're doing an emergency podcast to go over the amendments to tenant protections and it's as clarity, I guess, for landlords. But the rules that have come out, they aren't fully in place, but they are proposed. Yeah, the bills before the legislature, I think as we speak, <clears throat> you can find yeah. it on the legislature website. You just have to scroll down through the bills. I think it's bill number 30. It's dated for today's date, which is October 21st. Yep. Um, so why was this shocking? You tell me why this is shocking. Well, because our good friend um, Timothy mentioned that he was not going to maintain rent control upon his election. Yeah. Um, and I mean, some other things as well, but that was like the number one thing that everyone was kind of talking about. And he was very prominent in saying it doesn't make sense. And he publicly yep. said in multiple interviews that he wasn't keeping it. And sure enough, not only is he keeping it, he's extending the crap out of it. So we're going from the start of 2022 to the end of 2023, basically 2024. Yeah, and we covered a lot of this in our election um, episode where we were kind of forecasting and looking a little bit at the uh, provincial election, which was two months ago, I think almost to the day. We looked at the platform, and there was a number of reasons that I voted for the Progressive Conservative Party. It wasn't specifically the rent control, but certainly that was a big part of it because he was adamant. That it doesn't that make it sense. Doesn't make doesn't sense. And why doesn't it make sense? Because it does not work. And we can unpack that. And we've talked a lot about that at length uh, in previous episodes. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. And his whole stance was, oh, I'm the adult in the room. I'm, a, I'm an accountant by trade. I get it. I understand economics. And you say that he made this campaign promise. I was on a phone call with the man. And he said this. No way. Okay. Uh, and I was on a phone call with a good friend of mine who ended up campaigning. For him for Premier Houston in large part uh, because of this. And I spoke to that guy the other day, and, and I'm upset with this in, in large part because I know it's dumb, but I'm also upset with it because no one likes being lied to. And he flat out lied, man. And and you worry about this because all politicians, they get in there and they're saying one thing, and then they get there like, oh, you know, it was worse than what we thought, and uh, everything we said is not going to happen, and, and so on and so forth. But I was on a phone call with the man, and a good friend of mine who is very much like yourself, starts businesses, you know, a very smart guy. He's always looking to do more. Yep. And he was saying, it doesn't work. We don't believe in it. These guys are, are dumb. It, it it's, doesn't make sense. We're not about that. There's not going to be rent control. And my, my friend who actually had this conversation with him campaigned for him. Yep. And at one point during the campaign, he said, listen, Tim, when you get in there, there's going to be pressure with this rent control thing. And Tim's like, no, 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 it's it's fine. I don't believe in it. It's, it's, it's not going to be a thing. It's like, I know you say that now, but there is going to be pressure to keep it at least for a period of time. And he said to, to Tim, if you need to keep it for a period of time, at least, at least make it around inflationary 4 to 5%. And Tim was like, well, you know, it's not going to be a thing anyway, so it's a moot point. And he says, I know you say that now. But at least if you do feel the pressure, at that least put it to 4 to 5%. Is what I was about to say. Not only is it getting extended for a long time. That part, I find, you know what? There's some of me that gets it. I honestly do. But 2%? 2% is well, Our inflation absurd. this year is 4.5%. Absurd. So how does it make any sense? It's more than 4.5%. It's like 5.1% here, apparently. 5.1%. Right. We can't increase rent by 2%. So you're like you're literally losing money like by 3.5%. Out, yeah. out of, like, it doesn't make any sense that you can't do that. Like it just And, and we all know that... If inflation, you know, is is across the board household uh, items, right? The consumer price index and and what have you. The inflation in the um, renovation and the maintenance and the uh, trades is significantly higher than that. It's it's double digits, the the inflation in those elements. So then when you include like, what would you estimate your insurance went up last year? About 35%. About 35%. Property taxes up, uh, oils up powers up, water's way up. We're talking double digit increase in all of those expenses. And then there's just the expense of fixing a toilet is yeah. up probably 
15, 20%. At least. At so least. the inflation that may be across the market at four and a half, five percent inside the, you know, property management world, it's easily, easily double digits right now. Yeah, so for something to be up 10% and then you cap revenue at a 2% increase, this isn't 2%. Oh, a landlord can only get 2% more profit. It's like, no, no, this is, this is loss territory. This yeah. is net loss moving forward based on historical numbers, yeah. right? Like it's mind blowing. It's genuinely shocking for the brazenness of his lie and this Trojan horse tactic of we let him in and now, you know, he's completely turned about face. That's shocking. And then there's just the fact that it makes no economic sense. Like, yeah, it, you know, both because of the rent control has been proven to um, not work. And then just the 2%, it's almost laughable. It's, it's a hilarious number. Well, and that's the thing. It, it doesn't only make economic sense. And yes, again, this is a lot of people are going to be like, well, okay, great. So you don't want to make so much money for the next couple of years. But we were talking about this earlier. It, it's going to stifle even people who want to get involved. It's going to stifle the amount of growth. Like it, it impacts everything. Like it's, again, it's not just this. It's looking at everything that it touches on outside of this and how it impacts that. Okay. So now this is at 2%. Now people can't do maintenance and things like that. No. And so then you look at the ripple effect that that yeah. has. Those people who do do the maintenance work, they're less likely to get the business. And mm-hmm. like all these items that take place due to that. And again, we talked on it earlier. We said, like, look at, there's a couple of young fellows that we've already talked to that are saying, you know what? It doesn't make sense to try and do this anymore. Like everybody's yeah. against you. So why go to a place where literally the whole market's against you? And these are people that want to bring more units to market. But now they're saying, you know what, screw it, I'm not going to do it. And here's the misconception that we've, we've said a few times. Being anti-rent control does not mean that you're anti-fairness. It doesn't mean like, oh, or I don't believe in- Anti-affordable. Yeah. I, I, just because I don't believe in rent control, I don't believe in it because it does not work. It makes things worse, ultimately for the tenants as well. On a very micro level, for one minute, you know that your short-term lease is, is not going to increase that much. Yep. Um, over longer time frame, the supply is going to dwindle. Yep. The buildings are going to fall into disrepair. Yep. Um, you are going to see very poor trickle-down effects of a lack of spending on property and what that is going to take out of the economy in terms of job creation. And I mean, I know there are major um, REITs looking to reinvest into some of their stock here. And we're talking major holders, thousand plus units who had, you know, couple million dollars, you know, $40 million planned to upgrade units yep. that are just like now, well, we can't do that. Well, they'll work on their places elsewhere. Oh yeah. The Oda province. They'll just draw all yeah, their money out and they'll go work on other provinces where they're, they're welcomed and it makes sense to do yeah. so. Here, it doesn't make any more sense to do so. So why would you do it? They've now gone so far to do the rules that it's, it's at first it was all fun and games because yeah, okay, everything was going crazy. But if you hit it so hard, eventually the repercussions cause an actual pullback. Yeah. Right. So this is like a forced yep. pullback. And again, no one's seeing it right now because we're in the midst of the craziness. But now this is a long enough period of time where it could actually cause an issue. It's always been so hard to do business here. But if you stuck with it, you could kind of carve out your niche and you could actually legitimately get ahead here to the point that it became the fact that this idea that you had to go elsewhere was being proven wrong. You could stay here and do well. And increasingly, at the first- The second people, it starts to happen- Man, it used to be the people who come from Ontario, like, man, this is so great here because I can get ahead. I, I can make money. You know, I, I can, you know, live my life that maybe get I could involved in industry. Yeah. That I couldn't do in other provinces. And it's now, how many people have you had lately that show up here and go, oh, it's not so great here anymore. Like for, I, I heard this thing. I'm like, yeah, man, it's not that way anymore. And it's quickly. They come, they the try and they're like, you know what? If it's not going to happen, then I'm going to leave again. Yeah. Right? So, like, everyone's all fired up that we have these massive migrations. we got these huge migrations from the other provinces. But they're going to come here. They're going to try and do or do the businesses they want to do. And if everything's getting shut down and stifened and, like, just shut and they just roadblock after roadblock, eventually they're going to be like, you know what? I'll go back. If I'm going to hit roadblocks, I might as well do it in a place where there's massive growth and there's massive potential versus a place that doesn't have that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows the big property management companies here, like the Armcos, the Killams, or, you know, all of these big companies. There's a reason they're now going out of province. These were locally kind yeah. of built enterprises who now just see you cannot do it here. They're and selling stuff here. They're selling sites off. They don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that opened up opportunities for young people to get in here. And now they've got their thumbs on us. Yeah. They've got their thumbs on us. Um, and it's going to, this is what rent control does. If you want to preserve the status quo and, and actually advantage people who already have the option to do new construction. Because you know who this doesn't impact. doesn't impact new construction. 
Yeah. Right. So the big players are still going to do that, and they're just going to totally turn their back on uh, any of these units that the government is trying to preserve as affordable. It, that and that's and so yeah, that's that's the thing too. And you look into it; it's even like their idea. So they said they're making a task force to help progress development permits and mm-hmm. things along. Mm-hmm. It specifically says in there for large developments. So what that yeah. means is someone who's trying to get involved and eventually, hopefully, bring more units to market as well. Nothing's going to benefit me here. I, no. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting hit with every single rule. Yep. And then I'm getting nothing, nothing on the benefit side. Yeah. The big guys, like you're saying, they're first of all, they're already setting their new rents at absurdly high, and yep. then. For them, they only need their two percent at that point, but realistically, they still technically need more with the cost of inflation. Um, but then they're getting the benefit of these new these new new people in place. They're going to be there yeah. to, to to speed things up and make things better. Yeah. So it's literally again, it's pushing apart the the idea of you can come from here and work your way up. It's it stifles that. And again, if you're going to have that, why would you be here? You might as well be in Toronto. And again, you know, if you, I believe in fairness, and so by definition, I don't believe in rent gouging. Right, because it's mm-hmm. not fair to rent gouge for for no reason whatsoever. But if you also believe in fairness, explain to me how you can cap someone at two percent revenue while their expenses are increasing to ten percent, fivefold. They should they should right? have moved it up. They should have moved it up to like four or six percent to make it even slightly more palatable. Because like yeah, just like again, to, like for the insurance point, insurance is now like what six hundred dollars a unit per year or something. It's so, something crazy. So if that's going up by thirty percent. That's an extra fifteen bucks per month per unit. But if you can only increase your rent by two percent and it's eight hundred dollars, that's sixteen bucks. Yeah. So and that that only covers the insurance and cost. It doesn't include the fact that your power went up, your water went up, your maintenance went up, your everything else went up. Yeah. And we're talking like so. Take a thousand dollar unit. Obviously, two percent is twenty dollars. It's twenty bucks. Yeah. So you got ten units. It's two hundred bucks a month. Twenty four hundred dollars. Like, $2,400 in a 10 unit building. In a 10 unit building, that's what you're now, that's what your revenue can be this year as compared to last year. When the front door gets smashed and you have to replace it, you've now lost your $2,400. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the front door gets smashed fairly it, frequently. Like, how can you, if, if you're only getting $200 extra from someone over the course of a year and their toilet starts to leak, you just don't replace it. You, you've now, well, you either don't replace it or you've lost money on that unit. Like, so you can't tell me that, oh, I'm about this because I believe in, in fairness. I, and I've, I've said this before. There's only, there are very few groups of people that you are allowed to still slam and drag and insult and demean. And one of them's landlords. <laughs> landlords are one. Right? You know, like, I, and I, it blows my mind. I think people sometimes forget um, that, like, you look at some of our bigger, lower income buildings that we do have in the city. They've gone through a ton of landlords. And lots of them have gone effectively belly up. Like they've lost totally. their shirt on these big buildings and yeah. they're massive buildings. It's like, there's no way that you're going to lose money on this because you only paid this for the building and everyone pays X. There should be tons of money there. The amount of bad debt for people that don't necessarily have the ability to pay or issues come up and they're unable to pay and then maintenance on the building. And so like a lot of these, like the ones that just sold over on Herring Cove Road and all that, those have changed hands many times mm-hmm. and have lost money year over year, yep. even before the rent control rules. Now there's rent control rules. Like it's almost impossible to make money out of those buildings. Like unless you yeah. run a super tight ship and even then you're still going to face so many issues and so many maintenance problems Yeah, that, that it's hard. And then people will hop online and say, uh, some literally is like, well, I don't care about them anyway. Screw them anyway. It's like, okay. I mean, if that's your attitude, you're not a, you're not a, a, a for the common good type person. Like whatever philosophy you think you subscribe to about, you know, doing right by people and um, any sort of fairness, that's not a person who generally comes from that that viewpoint. That's a person who um, is petty, is super insecure, uh, and is unhappy and, and just comes off as like doesn't want other people to have any success in their life. Like you're jaded from some experience and, you know, so why does that mean like you can be a jerk to, to other people and, and think there's that's okay? Like I don't get it. It's, yeah, that, this is, I mean, this is my thing in general with the mentality this is going to be a big one. This is probably going to get some heat on it. But like in Canada in general, I think the success mentality has been has been villainized, honestly. Especially in Atlantic Canada. And and then I think it doubles down in Atlantic Canada. I think a lot of people yeah. really dis, have a distaste for people that succeed. Um, and it's unfortunate. You know, in I find more so in the States, they have their own total bag of problems. I'm sure people will probably tell me to go move to the States now when I say this. But 
they're a little bit more like celebrate what you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very excited to see, oh, this person started a business. Like, let's do this, that. Here, it's, it's it just doesn't feel like that. There's also a misconception. You can't even talk about it. Like, it's th awkward. Or there's also a misconception that realtors are, or, or, or landlords are rich. <clears throat> um, you know, there's a handful of big, big landlords who are not at all impacted by this at all yep. who are rich. Um, the vast majority are not. They are not. But yeah, that's the other thing is all these buildings are leveraged yeah. to a point where realistically you couldn't sell them to cover off cover off the value. And it, it all looks lofty because you're like, oh, it's a two million dollar building. Yeah, but he owes a million and a half dollars on it. Yeah. And yeah, it's worth two million. Try and sell it for two million. Well, it's actually gonna sell for one point six. And then you owe all these capital gains. Once you boil it all out, you're gonna get fifty grand in your hand. Yeah. And they're coming for capital gains next. And you know, the funny thing is, looking back, because we went over the platforms, do you remember when the liberals said, you know, there's going to be rent control and it'll probably be something like 4% for, for new, for new 10 for and 10%? Yeah. Apparently, you know, that was the best option. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If, if, yeah. like, for right or for wrong, just to be totally clear, there's no progressive conservative party in Nova Scotia. No. There isn't. No. Um, and that was underscored. Like everyone criticized Stephen McNeil, who was phenomenal, as being like a very blue liberal. Yeah. Tim Houston is the reddest conservative <laughs> the reddest. in the country by a mile. Like this is madness, man. And it's just like the dude lied. That it was a point blank lie. It was a point blank lie. Let's uh, let's actually look at what we have. Yeah, here. Let's yeah. have a look this at this news all... release. This is just us. We're, we're a little little fired up. Um, and you know, one thing I will say, another thing to like. Contrary to what we've just gone over, when I saw it come out, I said, I guess I'm building new. And you know what? A few of my yeah. buddies that are developed said, I guess I'm building new. Totally. But on the flip side, I kind of thought about, well, that's fortunate for you and for me because we mm -hmm. own sites that yep. we can go build a new 30, 40, 50 unit building. 99% of people and probably 98% of landlords don't have the site. They have no other option. I was with a very, um, you know, you meet some really awesome people through this work. And uh, a lot of times you meet sellers because you're out there trying to find deals and you meet these sellers who have been doing this for 30, 40 years, yep. right? And they aren't rich, No. right? You know, they all still work their day jobs. What they did is they accumulated a couple properties to help, you know, have a place for their kids to stay during university, um, you know, make a few hundred extra bucks a month and plan for the retirements because maybe they're working in jobs that didn't have great benefits and didn't have retirement plans. And I met, you know, Super nice guy. He had maybe a handful of smaller duplexes and he's got this one 12 unit building and he's approaching the point of retirement. Yeah. And, you know, he's been waffling like, does he want to sell? Does he not? And I tell him like, listen, it's, it's no pressure. I can understand it's a hard decision. Obviously I'm here when you want to sell because I want to buy it. Yeah. And, you know, this is a guy who has always, always kept his rent low. We're talking for decades and decades has kept his rent low. Um, and last couple of years, he's gotten hammered, yep. hammered on insurance Hammered on um, his utilities. Hammered on maintenance costs. And and this is a, a guy who's r like trying to reach his retirement, and you know he's now going to be losing money these last couple of years headed into retirement. And he's he's going to throw in the towel now and, and sell it to me, and I'll kind of be handcuffed because I can barely do anything with it anyway. Um, but like you think that guy deserves to start losing money? as he's trying to retire, like what he's built and he's worked with his bare hands. He was there fixing a gigantic ventilation fan by himself. You know, what is your idea of I, fairness that you can go online and, you know, talk trash about that guy? I, I can double down on that. I have two people like that. Na neighbor, neighbor on some properties that I have, same thing. He owns the building. I was talking about selling. He's like, this is what I have. Like, this is my income. This is my life. And he's there working with his hands every single time. He was literally taking materials, like the old materials out of my buildings, and using them to put stuff together on his. Yeah. Because it's so tight. He's like, there's no room there's to no do room. anything. And there's now no he's room. getting hit with the 2% cap. Yeah. So his whole income now is capped at 2%, but his ex personal expenses are going up. And he was already barely scraping by. Yeah, yeah. And now he's going to sell, and like now it's not worth nearly as much as it was worth you know, 18 months ago. And the next person's going to decide whether or not they even want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and maybe like the only way to buy it is just buy it and not fix anything, kind of let it degrade. Um, you know, People are going to find their new models to even try to make this work. And I don't know what those models are going to be, but um, it's just it's, – it's a funny – circumstance that um, 
the government managed to create this idea of the boogeyman uh, that all of a sudden, as soon as this rent control goes, there's going to be rampant, you know, gouging like there's never been in the history of the world. And oh my gosh, it's like, well, that was never a major industry-wide phenomenon before. So why was it going to happen now all of a sudden? Um, and they've used, the advocacy groups have used this bait and switch of like, we see tents over here, that means landlords are bad. Yeah. That That's the one to, to two connection they've made. And there is a very, very, very small correlation between those things. Um, even, with, you know. oh man, even with building new, I mean, we're going to put some beeps in here, but even with building new, like, so they put the 2% in, like we said, it's kind of forcing some of us to build new. At the same time, in the last six months, they've taken permit prices up like, Oh, 300%. Man. I talked so about like this with my water permit, man. People are like, that's not what a water permit costs. Like, here's up. the here's the cost on the website. It but like so they're they're like they they tie your hands so you can't work with any of the old stuff and then at the exact same time they take all the costs that they have like they that they charge us on the new stuff and they jack it through the moon. Yeah. So I'll also, like, you can't do anything here and when you go to this side, we're gonna like triple your cost. I'll also gonna warn you it's gonna get worse. Oh, 100%. Because I know, H- yeah. H- well, HRM is going to also really mandate affordability things into their development agreements moving forward. Yeah. Um, and There's a new task force we have to pay for, if too. If you want to grind this city to a halt, congratulations, you're doing it, and it's not going to result in new affordable stock. It's just not. They're doing their best. Like, we have a, I, like, I was saying this again to a few other people today that called me with the same thing, and I had a bunch of people text me yesterday, and I said, the city has an opportunity to become something real, to become a lot bigger than it is, have an actual pulse, and they're doing everything they can to absolutely stifle it. And it's it's not just with the housing. It's across the board. Everything is moving so slow. Yeah. And they're so against the growth. They're screwing it. Yeah. Like, they, there's, there's a huge opportunity here for this city to change in a big way. And it really needed it because we've been really, really behind the times. And and they're like, oh, it just – every and, time something good starts happening, they have to start to Oh, my it. gosh. Yeah, heaven forbid. Um the other thing is Tim Houston saying, oh, well, you know, we're giving ourselves this deadline of two years because what we're going to do is we're going to fix the supply chain. So he's saying like, no, no, years. I still believe in the same thing. I still believe that it's supply, 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 that that's what's going to fix this. Um, but because there's a backlog, uh, we're only going to have this rent control for two years. Do you think this bozo who clearly is going to say anything to get elected, do you think two and a half years from now he's going to run on an election, re-election platform that includes getting rid of rent control? You know... <laughs> He's not, right? I mean, this is who this guy obviously is. Um, and, and we know now after the fact. Um, anyway. Uh, 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 this, you know, this is something that I say about a lot, a lot of things. At the end of the day, you know who is really going to end up winning from this is the big, 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 big boys. Oh, my gosh. That's why they don't they, – they're they got all the seats on that housing commission, yeah. right? Because they don't care about any of this. And it's funny how it's funny how that plays out. Yeah. It's funny how that plays out. Yeah, they're like, oh, this, this doesn't matter to us. Like – all those sites that, that might have qualify for that, we're tearing those down anyway. Yeah. You know, you ever see one of these articles where it's like, okay, there's a new 200 unit building being put up uh, and we're tearing down eight small duplexes. And yeah. everyone's like, well, that's getting rid of, you know, those affordable units to build 200 unaffordable units. Like, yeah, well, that is how you increase supply, which will bring things down. But that's what they're going to start doing with all of these mid-scale buildings. They're like, yeah, we'll just like that... You know, something 12, 20, bil- 20 units, which is supposed to feed this a- affordable need realistically. Yeah, seen it on Bears Road. Yeah, they're going to start tearing those suckers down, man. Because um, they're like, ah, I can't, we can't raise the rents and we don't care about those anyway. We're building new. We're going to tear those down. We're going to build. We're going to put it at two, $2,200 to $3,000 a month. And guys like you and I, like, we won't even be able to buy that stock because it's going to be getting torn down. Basically, Montreal, it's mafia. <laughs> they're in and, and it's, yeah, it, it's... All right, so I digress again. So let's go back to yeah. the, let's actually read this news release. All right, so new rules to protect tenants against renovation evictions are included. Okay, yeah, yeah, no. So it's amendment to strengthen tenant protections and provide clarity for landlords. So again, really mm-hmm. all, yeah, nothing for us. Anyways, that's fine. Um, so the proposed amendments, tenants will be given a minimum of three months notice to be evicted due to renovation. Yeah, let's talk about these in twofold. So the first thing, obviously, is the big 2% uh, rat rent cap uh, that runs about that. yeah for over over two years. This yeah. runs to December 31st of 2023, which the first time I read it, I thought it had to be a typo, but it's not the case. So it's over two years that those are going to be fixed. Yeah. Um, within that, one thing that has changed, and this is especially applicable to month-to-month tenants. Okay, so month-to-month tenants are often more... Um, 
more established in the building, i.e. they've been there for a longer period of time. So if you're on a fixed term, this doesn't really affect you anyway. Um, but if they've been there for quite some time, the most they can be increased is 2% uh, up until 20, uh, December 31st of 2024 when he'll undoubtedly extend it uh, while he's trying to get reelected. Um, <laughs> One thing that's changed, though, is normally on a month-to-month lease, you can only be given notice in advance of your anniversary date with, I think, three or four full calendar months, four, uh, yeah. uh, four full calendar months of a rental increase. What you can do now is that there's no anniversary date. So if you have not been given a rent increase in the last eight months, um, your landlord can give you notice now, and, and four months from now, there can be a 2% increase. So um, if your landlord out there and you have tenants that are on month to month, uh, you can today give them written notice of a rental increase to be applicable for full calendar months from now, irregardless ugh, regardless of their anniversary date. Um, so that that's one little caveat there about that. But you can only increase that once in a 12-month span. So once yeah. you've done that, you've effectively created a new anniversary date because you can't move them again for another uh, 12, 12 months. months. But, you know, say you forget and you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't give them notice for the anniversary. Date. So no, there's no anniversary date. It's just four months notice from month yeah. to month. Which I think I think makes a lot of sense, um, especially where things are changing hands a lot right now and there's yeah. a lot of missing leases. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, I don't jo- know what day I moved in. It was 1992. Yeah. And I think it's been very casual for a long time because it really wasn't as much issue in so many rules. So it, it went, it was almost favorable for on, on a lot, both ends. There's a lot of verbal people just kind of like, yeah, I had a lease been here for three, four years. We don't know what a lease is, mm-hmm. but everything's all good. He gives me a notice. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But then when this happened and they got so in tight, in tight with the rules and the dates and everything like that, now everyone's had to go down this path of like really formalizing. And when they did that, it became difficult to give a rental increase or any sort of change on a lease because if you didn't hit the exact date, you were then screwed for another 12 months. Yeah. So by doing this, yeah. it allows people to actually get back to that point of being able to actually have the conversation like, okay, like in four months, here's a notice, four months. Because it's, it's much too difficult otherwise. Like it doesn't make any sense, especially as a landlord, to try and figure out what's going on when the building is leased up in all different periods of time. Yeah. And when you start getting 50 units, you're like, okay, so whose anniversary date is what? And I'll talk about something about that a little bit later. But what else yeah. we got here? Yeah. So going back to the renovation stuff. So uh, right. tenants will be given a minimum of three months notice. So I guess, and we've seen already uh, people getting up to 12 months notice being mandated yeah. to give 12. Yeah. Um, mutual agreements to terminate a lease must be between, or must be written. So it can't be any sort of verbal, so it must be written. I think that includes text and email. Um, no, you can give people notice of things by text and email, but that's more to do with like access and small stuff like this. So this must be a physical paper written copy. Yeah. So there's kind of two parts of this. The the big question is, okay, what can I do with my rents as a, as a business owner trying to keep up with costs? Well, you can't do anything. You've got the 2% and that's about it. Um, and then there's the question for individuals like ourselves who are buying really, really rough buildings yep. and then trying to invest the capital to provide better stock. Um, the renovations, as they're kind of known, is when the landlord goes in and says, hey, I'm renovating, you, you need to leave so I can do these renovations. Yep. Um, right now, they've created a more formalized way to go through that process. It's been and a giant gray area right now. It's been a giant, giant gray area. So the way it works now is as the um, person going to do the renovation, and this is applicable to, to people out there, um, you need to apply with the tenancy board effectively. Um, that, Sorry, first option is you can go to the tenant and say, hey, this is what's going on. Can we work some sort of deal here? Yeah. And if you get a deal, um, you have to do it in writing and then you can have a mutual release. High fives all around. Yeah. If the tenant says, no, thanks, I'm going to stay here for as long as I can, then you have to apply to the, the tenancy board. And you're going to have to say, prove why this renovation um, is such that the tenant cannot stay. And that would include things like permits and plans and, and you know, a description of the scope of the work and all of these things. And you need to make your case for an arbitrator effectively. And then that arbitrator has discretion to do the following. Um, they can let the tenant stay for an amount of time, no less than three months and no more than 12 months. So total discretion. I don't know if there's going to be a set of criteria or what, but they can say, okay, um, you want to start renovating this building. It needs a lot of work. We see the scope. We do believe that. We're going to give that tenant this amount of time to stay there. So three months, maybe 12. Regardless of when the tenant leaves, um, they can be credited um, th- they are one credited to three months. one to three months of rent. And so what that means is, um, say they agreed to leave after six months or whatever, 
they get the last three months effectively free. So if they leave after three months, you have to write them a check for the equivalent of their three months rent. If they stay the full six months, then the last three months they're there, they can just stay for free. Yeah. Okay. So they're effectively getting a three-month credit that they can either take in cash or they can take in free days in, in the unit. And if they leave kind of in between there, it could be less or more. Right? If they decide to stay five of the six months that they were allotted, then they get $1,000 back and, and, and so on and so forth. So that is how that quote-unquote uh, rent eviction, as it's, it's become known, process is going to work. Um, they have an exciting asterisk on here, which I'll explain. Ooh. So in the event that a landlord violates these rules, yep. there's additional compensation that they may be on the hook for, starting with moving expenses, which aren't too bad. But this one's really exciting. This one's hilarious, yeah. Is paying the difference in the tenant's new unit and the rent they paid in the former unit for up to a year. So... Like, I don't know, how, does a tenant have to have signed a lease in advance? Because if, if yeah. I won this as a tenant, I'd be like, hmm, penthouse? I think so. Totally. Like, I, I don't know how exactly they're going to do This is a that. scare tactic uh, intended for a very small handful of landlords. Yeah. Um, in fact, this whole thing is meant to address the actions of a very small handful of landlords. But I can't think of one more obvious than that. Yeah. Which is like, there was a process. Yeah. There was already a set of rules to address all of these things. Yeah. Um, people were circumventing it, which they shouldn't do. And a clause like that is the one that, that, that they're putting there specifically for those bad actors. It's like, okay, we had a process, um, you know, and whether people agreed with the process or not, you didn't even follow it. You know, right? I don't think there was, I was saying, it's a very, very small percentage. Because I think even some of the people that took heat in the news for potentially circumventing it, I don't think they really were. I, I think agree. what was happening is they were going through the process. Getting the getting the result or getting rewarded or awarded uh, the ability to let's say evict a person, yep. and then the person just continued to squat. Totally, totally. I think the, the ones that we saw yep. on the news were actually literal squatters, but it got twisted to make it seem like they weren't following the rules. Yeah, I mean, there, there's too many cases to, to say, but yeah, there, there there's no doubt some instances. I where think that was a lot of it, though. Totally, like totally. I, like, I think, man, I don't think yeah. there was many landlords that took the took no, the path no, they, of just they, going full. Man, you think of uh, no rules following? Yeah, yeah. It, I don't see this one getting paid out off. It's no, no, because um, yeah, that, that's not going to come to fruition. It's just basically a threat. And I agree. Like, uh, you know, people that already have something in their brain are convinced that this is a rampant issue. It's happening all over town, and this is going on. It's just factually not true. Yeah. Um, and they didn't like the rules that were in place. It's just going to be more of the same rules in place. Yeah. Um, a little more heavy-handed threats around it. Yeah. Um, but this is like people get sucked into this algorithm. Like I've, I don't know if I talked about how if I Googled shark attacks in Nova Scotia and like all of a sudden all I get is like shark stuff. In my, yeah. If you want to feel some way about something, the internet is going to validate you. Oh, yeah. And this is a hot media cycle. You would believe that this was a rampant issue. It was not. It is not. And it wouldn't have been but – you know, the perception is reality, and, and he folded like a cheap tent, and, and here we are. Um, hundreds of thousands of units. It's like a few hundred that there was some nation. Not even. Not yeah, even. Yeah. Um, so, okay, the other tenant protections that went in, kind of went over some of them, but is rental increase notice. So now, yeah, like you said, you can do it within four months. It doesn't have to be right on the anniversary date. Yeah. But it can only contain one amount. Uh, this was a weird one. Actually, I think this one targets the bigger landlords. I think a lot of the bigger landlords, like the big, big boys, were sending out this idea of... If you renew for a full year, here's your rate. If you go to a month to month, here's your rate. Yep. And I say that um, because I did get one and I was given two options for my rent. And I had never even thought or considered that and I mm-hmm. didn't think it was a thing. Um, and I, I guess it wasn't, but then they physically have formalized that. And basically what they're saying is, yeah, so if you, let's say you're at $1,000 and your year's coming up and they say you renew for another full year, we'll take you to 1000 or 1100 But if you renew on a month to month, which is what you were allowed to do, mm-hmm. it's 1500 yeah. There's also an option here, and, and it's not in what you've got there in front of you, um, but if you are on a year-to-year and you've received a rental increase notice, you automatically have the right as a tenant to switch to month-to-month. Yeah. 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 That, that was in there as well, which is kind of an interesting uh, thing thing to note as well from a tenant's perspective. It's, it says here, landlords cannot charge different rental rates for different lease terms. That one, I don't totally... like. I, I think if I'm signing someone for a shorter period of time, like I think I should have the ability to charge more rent, like because it's it's more work for me, it's more Buddy, risk you'd for think, me. You'd think that all these things would make sense. 
again, I this one I don't know if it, like again I get it on I get it on the renewal more so I understand on the renewal side of things. But if I'm signing you up and I'm signing up to start with a month to month, I'm allowing you a luxury to go month to month. So you have to pay. It's like when you rent an Airbnb or an apartment for the weekend, they don't take a thousand divided by thirty and give it to you for thirty three dollars a night. Yeah. Yeah, they charge you extra. So it's the same here. If we take a year and we break it into twelve sections, and you're only going to take four sections of it, I can't give it to you at one third of the rate. I have to charge a little more because I'm likely going to have an empty month turnover. Uh, so and sorry, you know what? I just remembered something. I want to backtrack a little bit on um, with the rent eviction uh, allowances for tenants. The three months is if it's a building over four units. If it's a building four units or less, the um, kind of awarded amount to the tenant is only one month, which oh, is interesting too. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. There's so, a lot of finer details in, in this. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know why exactly the the less unit count would have a uh, a smaller amount. I guess it's because one, the renovation stuff isn't as rampant with like say a three unit building. Like you wouldn't no. get to a situation where like you like I've got to renovate the whole thing. Everyone's got to get out. And two, those units are more often owner occupied. So I think it's more they're trying to give those people more flexibility within their own space that they could be living and in. Maintain some um, affordability too. Yeah. So. Um, that was just a little nuance because w- within that, a small th- owner. I think the idea, yeah, maybe this, the, the idea there is if you're a small owner and you own one triplex and your units rented at fifteen hundred, you might not necessarily have five k to give a tenant, but you need to do some renovations. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, next one here, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, security deposits. So they have a streamlined security deposit claim process, so it's easier for tenants to get back their security deposit. Not exactly sure what that means. Um, yeah, I know one thing that they were talking about, and this is it says in the lease, said in the old lease that it needs to be an interest-bearing account that we keep the security deposits in. Yeah, and I've never actually seen, even in the many apartments that I've rented, I've never gotten back interest on it, and I don't think anyone really paid any attention to it, and so they actually removed it from the most recent copy of the lease. Yeah, but they seem to be bringing that back. Yeah. Um. So again, I don't know how. Like, is there was there an interest rate defined? Uh, no. So, so like, I mean, you put it in an account that like. 0.1%? Yeah, so I, I don't know. How are they going to, like, if I have a 0% account, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think their their thought with this is the ch- the security deposit has always been a really weird thing because it's held by the landlord, uh, but the landlord can't keep it without applying for it. But if they don't apply for it, they kind of have already kept it because they already have it, and the tenant would have to file some sort of, you know, complaint against it. So I think this is trying to create a system whereby a tenant can say, like, listen, I deserve my... Um, deposit back and then that would initiate the opening of a file because otherwise um you know it was kind of the default was the landlord had it in their possession and you know it, it's a hard thing to get back from the landlord so um that's kind of their plan with that the interest you know the interest accruing trust account is sort of uh hilarious it's something that's never even been adjusted for on closing like when you see the security deposits that get transferred on closing there's not a dime of interest and i had some people the other day they're like i give a 50 dollar deposit in 1991 I, and they're like, what's it worth today? Like, I was gonna say, like, it should be worth thousands. I'm like, you don't understand how interest works. It's not worth thousands. Um, but I, I put it in like an, a Google calculator. What's $50 from 1991 worth today? And it was like not much. It, well, I was there's much. definitely some people that, like, depending on how they put it in, like if someone's been leasing a spot for 20 years and they had 500 bucks in there, maybe it is actually a little bit more. But in general, it's still going to be... Uh, well, you know what the only point where it might be a bit of not a, a, a moot point is like, um, like somebody like a kill them. Like they have millions in sitting in trust accounts yeah. in trust accounts yeah yeah um but the other thing that's funny is like oh yeah they know inflation's going up and interest rates are going up so like true there's gonna be interest on on those more than there were before true um, um so yeah that's an interesting one the streamlining process be curious to see what they put out uh for that but it sounds like yeah, yeah, it's mean, gonna be it's gonna be claims back and forth it's gonna be if anyone knows about access nova scotia i mean that place just screams streamlined doesn't it buddy like, yeah, I mean, yeah there's yeah. nothing more streamlined than than the dmv it's my favorite place yeah standing yeah. outside waiting i'm sure inside. all of this is gonna be really smooth well and so this is another thing we touched on earlier when we're on our phone call and i think this is going to become the big issue with it is come february now that renovations are back in place and all these different things are there's going to be about 15,000 different applications filed Mm -hmm. for evictions, this, that, the other thing, security deposits, and Access Nova Scotia is going to have the same three people in the two locations processing all of this. And what's going to happen is, oh, you want a hearing to evict somebody or you want a hearing to deal with something? Okay, we're booking them uh, for 2024 now. Uh, Yeah. 
So you're going to have to deal with the situation. And then we're going to have the same crap of people ripping doors off yep. and just crazy shit going on. Yep. And people very, very mad. Tenants and, and landlords battling because, unfortunately, they don't have the resources. Well, they don't have the resources to enforce this, basically. They don't have the resources no. to, to, to handle this, to enforce it, to even think about managing it and administering it. Like, it's, like they can't. A, a, imagine this circumstance, right? So you've just bought, you know, your first 12-unit building. And your plan from the outset was to renovate it extensively. Um, you now have a process, like say you cannot reach, come to a, an agreement with the tenants. And now you have 12 notices to file at Access Nova Scotia. Um, you have to go down there and presumably fill out 12 forums for 12 different tenants that will then need to have 12 different hearings. Uh, and this is one person buying one building. Yeah. Right. Um I don't know if they realize the mess that they've created with that just even logistically. Um, this is... And, and, and think about it. So th- then I don't even think you can do that until February 1st because I don't know if this is going to, you know, kind of supersede the state of emergency or, or what have you because otherwise those notices are going in even sooner. But say it's February 1st that the current state of emergency is lifted and you can go in and you can apply for these things. Best case scenario, you have a hearing March, April, May, June... Maybe June, July, best case. No chance. No chance. <laughs> Call it July. Sure. And then you sit down with the arbitrator and uh, they say, well, you know, I've been hearing out there that there's a housing crisis. I've got discretion here to go anywhere between 12 and, or three and, and 12 months. They're going to go, I mean, even if like, depending on who you have, like maybe they go in the middle, maybe they go seven months. So now you're August, 12. September, October, November, like it'll be, if you had designs on purchasing a building getting it vacant, renovating it, and getting people new in there and refinancing inside of 18 months, not going to happen. You're going to be paying your bridge financing for a long time. Yeah. Prepare to renew your shitty money. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be... And like the rollout of this is just going to be a nightmare at Access Nova Scotia. It's going to be be terrible. Access Nova Scotia is a nightmare now, and there's really nothing allowed. You can't even do anything right now. Yeah. And trying to get a hearing and get to go through the process is impossible. As soon as you're able to do stuff again, it's going to be an absolute gong show. Yeah. But look at some other hypotheticals. Say you've got a nice little five-unit building, right? You have to now really make a decision. Do I want to rent this thing or do I am I converting this into a little Airbnb hotel? It's much easier. Like, why would you not? This is, again, and so again, another place, you look at a place like TO, Toronto. They they put in their, their rent cap. All it did is they stopped building rental inventory because it didn't make sense. Yeah. If they, or you got like start, the grimiest old crap rentals. You either have the ghetto, yeah. ghetto, grimy, ill-maintained buildings, or they build condos, which yep. is, and then it turns it into single units that can be privately managed, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a much different market, and that equals high, high rents and inability for people to get units. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything, I didn't see Airbnb come out with a, a lease cap or anything like that, so no. you'd kind of be foolish to not, <laughs> even after all the fees, you'd make way more money, way yeah. more money. It's 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 nuts. Um we didn't really talk about too. Their 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 other thing was to put in a um, task force to help expedite permitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but like it, it, it literally says for big permits, like for for projects. large scale projects. Yeah, AKA if you're not already huge, they're gonna spit in your face. Totally. Like if you have anything yeah, yeah. sub thirty units, probably fifty units even. Oh gosh, you're gonna be dragging yeah. on for years and years. Yeah. And they'll continue to award these massive permits. Yeah. Uh, like, and I, I understand that in some note, but again, when you look at the way uh, rentals are held, I'm pretty sure I was talking about this earlier, that 70%, roughly 70% are held actually by small time landlords. Yeah. Uh, not the big boys. And yeah. so that's a huge portion of the rental market. So, And there's a ton of small guys that want to build duplexes, triplexes, four units, uh, 10 unit buildings. Which actually a lot of times end up being more affordable. Like a lot of times these guys that build a three unit yeah. aren't renting their two bedroom for twenty three hundred bucks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, it's because they're big, wood construction. They don't have elevators. They don't have a gym in the place. They, you they know, GC it themselves. They're like not the in downtown. Down. Yeah. yeah. They're, like It's a much different workforce. And they also employ a bunch of uh, smaller businesses. And like, and yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're targeting all these different areas. They're not just in downtown. My colleague called no uh, the minister's office who's in housing, uh, you know, they're in Kenville. Um, telling us how to do rents in, in Halifax. Um, and the rep that answered the phone, f- first answer, he goes, oh, another one. 
right? When uh, my my guy started going off on him, he goes, "Yeah, we understand that this was probably gonna hurt some of the smaller landlords more." It's like, yeah, like you understand that, and like you say all these things. I mean, Tim Houston said that we don't think it's fair that the tenants pay for the failures that got us here. I totally agree. I totally agree. No, no, but like the tenants. I agree too, but the failures that got us here are not us. The failures are not the landlords either. Like, and and this is what we just take for granted now that like, if you're a landlord, like we're just going to stomp all over you. And, and, and the vast majority of landlords are not rich, or if they are, it's not anything to do with, with properties. Um, my buddy, just to circle back, who, you know, he started um, consulting companies, marketing companies, video editing companies, uh, and now, you know, just dipped his toe into real estate. I think he maybe has six, 18, 20, 20-ish doors. Yeah, yep. 20-ish doors. Super smart guy. Really just, you know, if... He's a numbers guy. Yep. And he said to me, say, Chandler, he's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to stop. He's like, it's not worth it. You've, like, you're and just, he is- You're fighting, you're villainized, is, you're not getting ahead. It's, yeah. He, well, he's just a number guy. He's like, oh, like, you know, this isn't a model that I can build success at. Like I saw a trajectory and and he's exactly what you'd want for in a landlord. He's responsible. He's ethical. He's a good person. Uh, and he is filling a need right around that, you know- affordable, not subsidized housing, but not luxury market. Um, I guarantee you to a person, all of his tenants would be like, he's a great guy. We would stay here indefinitely because he's awesome. And he's like, you know what? No, thanks. Yeah. And this is, this is my biggest thing. Like I just, in general, the, the city, again, I was saying it earlier. I'll say it again. At first, for a lot of people, there was some value here because it was pushing up values. It was pushing up rents. People were excited about what was going on. And like, oh, it kind of makes sense. The way they're handling it is allowing our city to kind of grow to where it needs to be numbers-wise to actually have some development and growth. But now it's getting to a point where it's so restrictive and it's so negative that it's actually going to push people out in all fronts. Like, you know what I mean? And it's so, our market is so tightly controlled by a small group of people that it's now getting to a point where they're actually going to cause the reverse. Why the hell would you stay here? I have clients that call me now in the last week. They're like, I'm starting to look at Moncton. I'm starting to look at uh, yeah. PEI. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And it, yeah. why, I, I don't know why you would stay. Like, you just can't because if everything, nothing is going, is helping you out to do what you need to do, then why would you stay here? Like, you came here with the opportunity or with the promise of potential opportunity. And now they're just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I mean, there are all these reasons. Uh, and all this is going to bear itself out in the next coming years. But a lot of these larger landlords that had mid-century product, uh, because of the strength of the market, were about to dump a lot of money into their units. Yeah. Okay. And these are, you know, companies that everyone would have heard of and, and they supply a lot of the stock here. Um, and they typically have been given 2 to 3% raises every year or 3 to 4% raises every year anyway. But they were about to really extensively renovate these properties, still keeping them way under the upper rents, but rejuvenating stock that hadn't been touched in decades. Um, and and now they're just not going to do it, right? They're not going to do it. What they're looking at, and I know this as a fact, they're now being like, okay, we can't do anything with these old buildings. Tear them down. Yeah. Tear them down. That is what they're going to do. So if you're out there and you live in like a reddish, orangish brick building that's under six stories, that has a major landlord, and you think this was good news for you, your yeah. building's getting torn down. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because the only way you're going to be able to, the only way these landlords are going to be able call to it a continue eviction, It be called a demo eviction. Yeah, it's going to be a demo <laughs> eviction. Um, it's going to happen. They're just going to be like, yeah. Like two percent isn't a model that's sustainable for those businesses. No, it's not. So they are going to bring new product to the market, and they're sitting on some pretty big sites that maybe twenty years ago it didn't make sense to tear that building down, but for them it makes sense now to tear that building down. They're going to do it, um, and they won't be affected by these things. But you and I will, right? You and I who would have bought these buildings and maintained them kind of as is and and slowly brought them up, yeah. Um, but always slid under, you know, the price point of, of the newer uh, product. Um, those opportunities are going to be are going to be fleeting. The other thing is, people are going to take buildings that are perfectly fine and completely gut them. Oh yeah, right. Like so, if you think you're like, oh no, my building's like kind of in between, like you know, it's small. Like the only way to get the rent up is to completely gut the building, and people are going to do the quick math on it. 
Yeah. Right? Like, okay, well, you know, yeah, it's going to suck to have an empty building for a while and I'm going to have to invest this money into it, but it's the only way I can keep up with the market because I can only go up 2% and my expenses are going up 10 I'm just sitting here like this is gonna be this is gonna be this is gonna pan out poorly. This is this this has become now no kidding. This for, for the short term, everyone continued to rip along and try and push to make things happen because we all had our sights set on the fact that as things kind of resume back to normal, we have an opportunity to keep moving along. But now that's being lost. Now everyone's like, okay, shit. Like everyone was working towards February to be like, all right, like things are gonna resume back to normal. We're able to kind of make the changes as we need to. Now yeah. that's gone. Now we're not working towards anything. This is now the new rules. And yeah, I mean, I, I can say myself, we're already, I'm, I have a couple weeks, we're going shopping in other cities. Like we're just, we're done operating here yeah. in the sense it just doesn't make sense. Everyone hates you and you just can't, you just cannot get ahead. So like, let's, let's hear from you. Like, how does this affect your recent purchases? Well, basically, so for me, like I said, the big one for me that the part that really bothers me, first of all, obviously is my timelines for what I was going to do with those buildings is completely squandered. I probably wouldn't have bought some of them, um, realistically, because I would have put my money towards basically buying land and building a new building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I now, I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do with some of these buildings to try and make it work. And you're right. Some of these are kind of like half decent. I'm going to have to just gut them out completely. Yeah, yeah. There's no keeping anything as is. There's going to be no yeah. keeping anything. It means when I go to re-rent them, I'm going to have to re-rent them at absolute top rents because I'm afraid that if I don't set that super top rent, I'm going to be screwed for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Um and then honestly, after this, now I'm not going to be going after those. I'm going to be changing my model to go after different stuff and do it again. I want to do it in a place that people are excited. Like, you know what? You said this, we went to Truro and they were excited to see what you were doing and develop. Mm-hmm. That's a good feeling. Like, yep. it, it's just like, it's nice to kind of be like, you're trying to bring more housing, like yep. at the end of the day. And it, it's such a huge spinoff for the economy. Like, it's nice to be kind of respected for that. But instead here again, it's just like. You're getting destroyed. So yeah, now it's it's gonna. Yeah. I, I was a lot of my blink things have been tied up, waiting for this date, and now things are gonna continue to be tied up. Oh man, I, I mean, look at my recent purchase. Yeah. So right, like I contemplated pulling out of it. You know, and it's yeah, like it's just you have no option now besides to either gut the whole unit or not. It, it doesn't, and because most of these buildings are selling at a point where the current rents don't actually float the valuations, okay. and the only reason yeah, it was yeah, like that is because yeah. you had the ability to kind of move things up at a regular yeah. pace. Yeah. Oh, and I now kn- you can't, so you have to kick everybody out. You have to do that. I know my seller was like, "Uh, is Chandler going to call me and terminate this deal?" Right? Yeah. Like, can you imagine being a seller right now, and like knowing just, that knowing knowing what your buyers? I was just in, thinking about the nineteen were? unit. I was like, I don't even want it anymore. I was just, I was honestly just thinking that. And I, I was like, seriously contemplated it, man. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what's that mean? That that seller gets less money, the tradespeople I was going to hire for the building, you know, like those big companies that were going to do millions of dollars of work, that's millions of dollars not going into the economy and tradespeople and so on and so forth. Like that money's just gone. They're taking that and they're going to put it in another market um, or they're going to use it for a demo permit. Um, it's, you know, I'm still going to go through with the purchase. Um, it's just the math becomes different. And to be totally honest, I'm going to have to swing for the fences on rents. And we talked about this before where historically I have not done that. I have modest, best value proposition. I remember it was really cute. Someone sent me a Facebook link because I had one of my units posted and someone that wasn't even looking for an apartment shared it and go, oh my God, can you believe that you can get this apartment over in Dartmouth? They live in Halifax. Yeah. So they, you know, my apartments are very nice and they couldn't believe that I was renting that apartment for 1,075 bucks. And my friend saw it and said, check this out. Someone has shared your Kijiji just because they like the product you're supplying. Yeah, right. it's a great deal. I'm not going to be able to do that ever again. Shoot yourself in the Period. Fight. End of sentence. So I have a new unit coming up, and we had this conversation. If I'm going to be totally honest and transparent here, before we started recording, I've got a vacancy, which right now is worth its weight in gold. Big time. I, and Unheard of. My highest rent in the building, I think, was 12... You said eleven seventy five. No, eleven se- eleven seventy five was the highest rent in the building. Highest rent in the building. I'm putting it on at thirteen ninety five. Right, and, and you're going to wait it out because at the end of the day, well, I'm going to get it. Is what's going to well, happen? You're, you're going to get know, it, like, but like even if you don't get it in the first couple of days, yeah. you're still going to wait and get it because yeah, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't. 
And one thing we haven't delved in here because it's not totally clear, this was this challenge during this existing rent freeze. Like, well, what about a fixed term unit that comes to the end of its fixed term? During this whole rent freeze, it was really ambiguous whether or not, okay, when their end of their fixed term is done, what can I do then? And it seems like the fixed term leases are still going to be carte blanche when that expires. So if you have a tenant whose lease ends, you know, September 30th, come October 1st, you can do whatever. Um, and that's going to involve... Like that's going to be where, where landlords are going to do two things. One, they're never going to let anyone get month to month ever again. And two, they're going to be like, you're here for one year and one year only. Uh, because otherwise, I'm going to do whatever I need to in that moment to raise the rents. Get it back up. Right? Like, and, and you're going to sign for a fixed term. I'm not going to let you roll over into month to month. Now, we've gone over our beefs, our qualms, our anger, our disappointment. <laughs> Our All hurt of feelings. This, our hurt feelings. Our I hurt feel feelings. genuinely hurt. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel file, I'm hurt. filing a hurt feelings report as we speak. But we haven't kind of provided what we think probably should have happened. And I want to say what I think would have made a better impact or some things that still maybe hopefully could come to light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not necessarily guaranteed answers. And they don't address the hundred items that there are here, but just some big picture items that I think would have actually worked and made a bit more of an impact. Um, so first off... The, the rent control, 2%. Again, I'm not opposed to rent control, um, but just at a Especially reasonable rate. Especially in times rate. of emergency. Yep. Yeah, in times of, fine. That that totally makes sense. But 2% is just stupid. Like plain stupid when inflation is higher yeah. than that. So it should be like 6 to 10%. Honestly, that that makes more sense. It just, it makes, like again, we've, we've gone over, we beat that to death, but 6 to 10% is where it should have been. The permitting side of things. They need to have permitting, not just a task force for the big, big permits, they need to have one for all the permits. They need to push on all of them because there's a ton of little landlords that want to do it in different places outside of downtown and offer units that will not be $2,200 a month. Additionally, they so their big thing is they say, this this is what the city's been saying. It's not our fault. There's 20,000 units that are permitted and no one's building them. Well, put some timelines on them because you know who's holding all those? The big guys. Yeah. I bet you we took those 20,000. 18,000 are sitting with guys that already have 5,000 units and they just buy all this land and they get all their permits and then they just plan out their projects. They're like, yeah, we're going to get to that. We're like, they get awarded a 30-story building. I'll get to that in seven years because yeah. I'm too busy. Well, unfortunately, then either you need to sell that land with that permit to somebody that can build it in the next 18 months or you need to build it now. And they have those, but they kick them down the road all the time. It's like, oh, it's two years to start. to start. So if like you dig a hole in the ground, you're good. Yeah, and then it's oh, I can get an extension and blah blah blah. So and right now with COVID, like you could have gotten an extension, no problem. And on the flip side, I wanted to start my building months ago, but one, it took two and a half years for them to approve the damn thing, and two, hundred eighty thousand dollars for water, or no, what was it ninety thousand dollars for my water permit, a hundred eighty thousand dollars for my building permit? I kind of have to save a bit of money yeah. to do it, right? Like I'm trying to do it as quickly as possible, and they're making it as difficult as possible to put the, that building up. Um, that's the thing. So there's, I guarantee you that those permits that they are talking about that were being hoarded, I guarantee you, I guarantee you. So 70% of units are held privately by small-time landlords, but I bet you 80% of the units, I'd be willing to bet my life, are held by big-time landlords that are just sitting yeah. on massive permits. Same with these parcels yeah. of land. Like, they're buying. So the city's like, oh, we're providing all this land. We're selling off this land. Well, unfortunately, there's literally nobody that carries $20 million in cash except for, like, the top 10 of us. And... And they land bank it so they can control the price of the land. And then they land bank it so they control the price of the land. Nobody nobody can do anything with it. Like these massive parcels, like, look at this huge parcel we just sold here. And, oh, the Cogswell redevelopment. Yeah. There's literally 10 guys that can go to that auction. Yeah. There's literally yeah. only 10 people. And I guarantee you they'll buy all the parcels. And you won't see a crane in there for a long time. Yeah. Because they're going to be too busy doing all their other stuff. And like, and then they yeah. can control. Like, the, like you're saying, they're landing. They control the prices. They control everything. Yeah. So... And that just keeps the status quo of like guys like you and I trying to climb this thing. Well, now we just got three rungs of the ladder taken out from underneath us. Yeah. Right. And they're sitting over there having like operating on another stratosphere and loving the fact that even on our best day, best case scenario, there's no no opportunity opportunity to get up there and compete with that. Um, When, you know, if you want to improve things, bring competition to the market. Yeah. Right. More supply, more competition. That's going to prove things, but um, they don't. Maybe you know, a couple other land developers too, just for single family home neighborhoods. Yeah. Like I think we have two. Yep. Like what? Wh- how are you supposed to function a city on that? Like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I mean, 
like we, we could talk about this for so long and there's so many frustrations along with it. Um, they also released a lot of money towards some short-term housing um, and, you know, best intentions and blah, 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 and this and yeah, that. Yeah, they put some pushes on things. They put some money back towards the affordable housing, but they do that every time. And My question is, can you, can you believe this guy? Well, yeah, can you believe this guy? And then how long does it take for them to come to fruition? Like, they never, yeah. they every year there's always been a release, oh, we threw another $6 million in the affordable housing pool. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, where are the affordable housing? And then yeah. there's a, there's a, there was a news conference there recently about how they had like eight townhouses come on. And I'm like, sick. You guys went hard. Like you got eight townhouses up. Yeah. I just watched like oh $20 million dollars go into this pile. And yeah. now there's eight townhouses. And we actually have a news conference of people cutting a rope at this stupid thing. Like, you know what I mean? So oh my gosh. maybe if they were slapped, if I saw like I'm slapping up a couple hundred units uh, down on some of the parcels of land, I'd be like, all right, sweet. Like we have something going on here. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah. It's like, you know what I likened it to? So this is going to be funny because we're here with these. These plastic water bottles, right? Um, <laughs> like this should be good. The we're all like kind of like trying to recycle, right? Yeah. We're like, all right, we're we're maybe destroying our planet. Yeah. The reality is, there's something like 30 companies that uh, that account for 75 percent of the carbon, you know, pollution in the world. Yeah. And those companies lobby governments and small scale organizations and these fake shell companies to create this idea that, you know, what would be good is if me and you all recycled, right? Like they convince us that that's the issue. We're the problem. So if all, if all of us just recycle a little bit more, you know, pollution will go away, but that's not, not the issue. And this is the same thing. Like this is a, oh, they've convinced everyone that the issue is landlords and rent control. That's not the problem. Right, the government hasn't been providing this stock. It's been going on way too long, but they've convinced us that us recycling and and we all know like recycling is terrible for the environment in terms of what we do because that big truck drives around the neighborhood, right, yeah. picking these things up, and all we do is just buy more of these water bottles, right? Like, oh, it's no big deal. We're just recycling. This is terrible for the environment. Just like this is terrible for the housing situation. To relate it back, all the big boys have made press releases talking about how it's the smaller few that have caused this issue, and it's not them. Yeah. And then they've lobbied behind the political guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they've gotten what they wanted. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. It's, you know, congratulations. We got paper straws. So. That's going to save a bunch of turtle. Like, this is so dumb. Yes. It's it's laughable. Um, I will or, put. One more thing from Chandler. I'm just going to say, like, the, the one thing I was thinking about was like, well, maybe some of these old guys are going to say, you know what? I quit. I quit, man. Um, 65, the last two years were terrible. The next two years are going to be worse. Uh, Trudeau's talking about 75% capital gain stacks. Some of these old guys might be like, you know what? I give up. I'll sell it to you. And I don't know what we're going to do with it. And it's worth a lot less than it was before. And I don't even know if I want to do it. I don't Um, know if I want it. (laughs) But they may decide to sell. The other thing is, man, I'm going to sharpen my pencil on everything. On everything. There's everything. no messing around anymore. There's no, you know. There's no friendliness. Ev- this is a business now. Everyone's it's... getting, if, if that's what the minimum is, you're getting it every time, yeah. every time, every time. Um, no more letting you roll over to month to month just because you're a good person and I like you and you like me and we yep. feel like we're, we're, we're good with each other here. No more month to month. Everything's an extra. You lose your keys, 50 bucks. Yeah. Your rent's late. I'm charging rent, rent late fees. Yeah. Yeah. It's so... If there's a silver lining in it, those are, are two that I see is is one, some guys may throw in the towel and maybe that creates some opportunities to scale in, in ways that offset some of this disaster. And two, it's just going to have to make us more frugal and better. But that just means that instead of my highest unit in that building being 1175, it's 1395. You know, it's, that's the reality. And if you think that this is going to work out differently. Like, this is genuinely going to be bad for both sides. It just is. With all that being said, let's get some feedback. We, we tend to get feedback, so go ahead, text us. Uh, I'm sure TikTok will have some good feedback. That there's always good. That's a good medium for feedback we've, we've found out. Um, yeah. But yeah, send us a note. Um, preferably, if you put it on our Facebook or on our YouTube and stuff like that, it really helps us out. Yeah. But And if you want to reach out, premier at novascotia.ca. <laughs> and John Lore, like yep. uh, you know, the honorable member from Kentville, uh, who's got his finger on the pulse of the Halifax rental market, um, email them. Yeah, 
and tell them how you feel because we evidently need we need to. evidently they can be swayed by angry people yelling because man this That's guy all, did a hundred percent about face once I mean the cat's with the bag he's not going to undo it now but um, at least let them know that you know you're not going to stand for this like if you think this is not fair again I'm not saying that. that you should be able to charge whatever and gouging this. Like, Explain your situation no. and, and ex- make them understand why this doesn't yeah. make sense. What is fair? What yeah. is fair in this situation? Because it's not expenses go up 10%, revenue goes up 2%. It's not. But you know what else is going up? Laundry's going up. Yeah. <laughs> Laundry's going to a third. Well, $12 <laughs> to do a lot of laundry. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. This was an emergency episode. We have another good episode coming up. We're doing another one tomorrow, actually, with some people from out of town that are giving us yeah. some insight, actually, on a down market, which we might some sometime face. Yeah. Um, so we have some really interesting stuff coming. So thanks again for listening. Yeah. And there'll be more to come on this, I'm sure. I well, don't doubt I'm, it. Yeah. We'll definitely be revisiting this. Uh, but again, give us some feedback. We want to hear what people think, um, good or bad. And if you disagree, like, Great. Send it in. We want to hear it. We want yeah, to talk about it. Yeah, but explain yourself. Don't say just because landlords are scum and landlording is not a job because then yeah. you're a dumb person and we're not going to engage you. Yes, exactly. We're not going to engage but, if you're just shredding and have but no I would love pointless to hear. conjecture. Yeah. So, <sighs> anyways. I love you, right. Neil. I love you, Tanner. Love you guys. Talk soon. Thanks, everybody. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Rich habits.